All right, welcome back to the podcast. Most likely to have to have technical errors of night one and use somebody else's phone. And also the least likely pod to call Daryl Morey a liar. We are back for season four with a brand new episode, a season premiere of the Hoop Fiends pod. Now, since we started recording many years ago, a lot has changed. While we have actually had James Harden quit, on three different teams in that short span of time that we've been doing a podcast. We are still the same. We're not getting up and quitting or going anywhere. We're still bringing you live NBA updates week to week, focusing our favorite storylines, beef, and drama across the league. And tonight we're going to do one of our favorite things. I'd love to do this pod. We're going to go ahead and just rank things on up for you guys to make sense of all that stuff heading to the year as we go ahead and place all of the different teams in each conference into competitive tiers to do our best season preview pod. Steve, Riley, where do you guys want to start? Well, I, I think you just really made me disappointed because if only Daryl Moore had traded James Harden, then we I, I think we would have opened the season with James Harden starting on a different team in each start of our seasons. Yeah, We're so close. Yeah, but instead we just have to like actually maybe have to talk about like what's going to happen with that Sixers. The Sixers, yeah. That's obnoxious. Yeah. I'm excited, man. We're I'm ready for it. I'm just happy yeah, to have back. It's you know, football's great and all. We all love football, but uh, there's there's nothing better than having football and basketball going on at the same time. And you toss in a little sprinkle of playoff baseball, and it's just honestly, right now is the single best time of the year for sports. It's the witching hour of for times of years for sports. You love you love to see it. And this league is ready for expansion. That's how competitive this league is. Looking at it, kind of getting ready, doing, you know, a little bit of research that I do. You know, I'm ready to play uh, maybe a good game, a quick game of who he played for (laughs) at the end of this podcast to flex my research. We'll see. I'm going to try to go 50%. But um, across the league, you know, wherever these guys are playing for, there's a ton of uh, talent. It is stacked. So there's always so much to talk about. And, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking about our favorite league pass teams tonight. There's just so many. It's really the only league where I would just be happy to watch any random matchup, and I can't say that about anybody else. Yeah, we kind of yeah, came so... up with a bunch of different things, right? Like like we usually do, like the uh, breakout players, the disappointments, the league pass teams, like you mentioned. Uh, that's why we kind of thought this little tier list uh, for each team and each conference would kind of work out perfectly because it gives us kind of a chance to mention and talk about each team and give our takes on it and – um, it'll flow a little bit better than us just like at the end of the pod, like, oh, uh, Alex Caruso might be yeah. pretty good this year. <laughs> Did we talk about the Bulls? Might, I don't, I can't yeah. know. Yeah. So now I, I, there's certain teams that we might not talk about unless we literally had to, like we are with this podcast. Yeah. So, uh, Riley, why don't you go ahead and kind of introduce what we're going to be doing? Yep. So we're going to be going conference by conference. Uh, really breaking down, sorting all these teams into five different groups within the conference. So first is title favorites, relatively self-explanatory. In the second tier is the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is just boring teams that are going to choke in the second round or before them. Then we have Terry Dietz, which is, is the category that is all centered around frisky outs. These are the teams that, you know, um, they may not really uh, take your breath away when they're playing or they're not going to really scare anybody, but it's it, it, there, there's going to be a couple of games where so, a couple of people get hot and 
eventually people are going to be like, wow, like, look at, look at this team. Who would have thought that like, they'd be up like two nothing against like one of the title favorites. Then we have the Blake Griffin Pistons, which holds a very special place in my heart. Cause essentially what this team is now that we have the play in, um, is really focused in on like teams that really don't matter, but are going to be like in the playoffs, a quote unquote playoffs because they had a, a couple good weeks sometime in the season or uh, again, the, the conference really, everything's kind of chips fall where they may and everything kind of lays out for them. And then finally in the last category is a category I like to call Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. And these are teams that are either tank or tank adjacent. So these are teams that are either going out of their way to be horrible or are on their way there in the immediate future. I, I love it. So we, we always find a way to snuff a sneak a survivor reference in there too. We have, to. and I will. I, I will always do that, and I will always try to figure out a way to make fun of Zach Wilson where I can. <laughs> yeah, and if you you know if you tune into the football themes, um, we're gonna be kind of going about this the way we kind of rank our quarterbacks. Um, as we talk about each team, we'll each kind of get a vote into which tier we think uh, these teams fall in, and. Hopefully we can at least get a majority or somebody will have to compromise and we'll kind of see how it goes from there. All right, fight. let's get competitive. I feel like we're a very, we're very uh, polite podcast. Let's, let's go at each other. I'm, All right. Do you guys want to start in the East <laughs> or the West? Don't, don't tempt me, John. I'll yell at you. We, we get a little <laughs> feisty around the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Riley, why don't we just start in the East? Uh, a lot of us have, you know, hometown teams in the East. And I think we already touched on Philly. So let's just get these teams out of the way. Let's start in the East. All right, cool. Um, So first one, I, again, what, we just brought them up. Why don't we talk about uh, the Philadelphia 76ers? What, 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 are, what are people high on them this year? I mean, it, they're the biggest mystery, right? Because we teased the James Harden nonsense and the, the Daryl Morey feud, but by all reports and by all measures, no one said he's like officially necessarily quit on his team and teammates. It's just that he doesn't want to play for Daryl Morey and wants to be traded. Um, so the question is, is he going to end up suiting up or is he just going to get fat again and actually demand a trade? <laughs> um, and the thing is, nobody knows. And I think that hinges pretty much everything because all reports are he wants to go to the Clippers and there's a hang up on Terrence Mann for some reason. That's the reason the deal isn't getting done. Um, and I just don't know how good the Sixers would be if they trade Harden for just a bunch of like Norman Powell type players from the Clippers or um, if they're better off just getting rid of them. So I, I think they're probably the biggest mystery to me in the entire league, which is interesting that we start with them. But Yeah, I I tend to agree. Um, I, the one thing that I have uh, for my take is I truthfully, if they flip James Harden for – Terrence Mann and a couple picks. I don't know how much worse this team is going to be. I granted Harden has meant a lot to their team. He's obviously far and away their second best player in in the league uh, on their team. But they their roster is actually really deep, and I, I think I think they're actually a bit better this year than they were last year. I mean, they were able to pick up uh, Kelly Oubre, which is like kind of a a big uh, a big take in for them, and they still got all of their guys who were their quote-unquote core from last year. So they still got our guy PJ uh, and the, and melted at all these other guys. Um, so I 
I, I tend to think that even if they were able to just give the keys over to Maxi and trade Harden, I still feel pretty good about where this team is because I, I think Nick Nurse is, again, an incredibly smart coach, one of the better coaches in the NBA. Um, and it, so I, I, I think it, it's a little bit of like the same old Sixers in, in that regard. I was having a hard time figuring out where to maybe place this team because until I actually read out the categories that we were going to do for recording. They are the biggest flag flyers and incredibly emblematic of Dodgers' second-round exit. Just kind of very good team at their potential, even if they, you know, zigzag with keeping Harden or kind of just do what looks like it's going to be inevitable at this point and just kind of get Trey Mann and some role players and picks. And that Clippers deal, I think they're kind of going to land in the same spot. I think they're good, but just not good enough to get past some of the better teams in the East. I I feel really good with them in that uh, in that second tier. Yeah, I guess like I have had such varying opinions on Harden throughout the four years of this podcast, let alone my entire life. Um, yes. I I came around to him last year, and like obviously he has his issues in the playoffs. He had those two big games, and then like four or five absolutely abysmal games. Uh, but my thing is, and I think Riley, you'd agree with me uh, about this at least, is I just think when he just focuses on facilitating and running an offense, he could be such a valuable player. And I don't, I don't know his exact stats off the top of my head last year, but I'm pretty sure he averaged close to 10 assists. And he just, I think he did a really good job for Joel Embiid and was a big reason why he went on to win MVP. And I just, as good of uh, a player as Maxie is, and I love Maxie, I just don't know that he's that type of uh, guy who's going to facilitate and run your offense. And I feel like that's going to be the biggest thing that they're going to have a hard time replacing if they lose Harden. Not necessarily like the scoring or the, you know, leadership. They're definitely not going to miss that. I just think that's going to hurt him. Yeah, so James Harden led the league in assists last year, averaging 10.7. There you go. Not crazy. Um, Yeah. No, and and I I think that that is a a good point. Um. To raise it, and I guess we'll really know about what the future of this team kind of tends to hold by probably the end of this week or so. Like once we yeah. see how into this Harden actually is, if he if he is just a little bit annoyed and he still loves his teammates, he likes the new offense and style approach that Nick Nurse lays out for him. Um, he may be willing to say, you know what, let me just ride it out this year, try one more time, and then we can. Uh, we can see where it goes from there. But if he's all gung-ho on going to the Clippers, which it sounds like that's kind of the case, um, it may be a little bit more dangerous for them. Um, yeah. I mean, mor- moral of the story for me, though, is like, I mean, I don't know. I don't see how we have a tier named Joel Embiid and don't put Joel Embiid <laughs> Sixers in it. <laughs> I, I, I did change it to the L.A. Dodgers just to be a little bit more uh, – a little bit oh, less right, obvious, right, right, but yes, <laughs> I did originally call this the Joel Embiid tier. Let's change that in my notes, and it's still fitting either way. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think... that's that's been their track record for the past like three or four years. Yeah, yeah, so that's we're all in kind of unanimous agreement there. Yeah, yeah, that'll be one of our um, easier ones. All right, I'm gonna. I got a, a more fun one coming uh, down the ranks here. This is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. Mm. Yeah, for me, I mean, they became one of the more interesting teams last year, obviously, after they uh, traded away KD. Mikhail Bridges comes in and kind of just 
becomes a whole new player. Probably somebody some even though I think we all love Mikael Bridges, I don't think any of us thought he was capable of becoming like a twenty six point per game scorer and becoming what he uh is on the Nets. But for me, I just question the lack of talent around him and it's like I feel yeah. like these are getting turned over back to Spencer Dinwiddie and I just I just question whether or not this is really gonna work out and a team with like Ben Simmons on the resurgence and there's been a lot of good reports about him uh through the preseason, whatever, but how long is that gonna last? And I just I just don't know if I necessarily see this team kind of competing. Yeah, I think that we're gonna end up looking at Mikel Bridges as like the champion tank leader this year. And I think that's kind of what they should be hoping to do too. Thinking more about that Nets team post post Durant quit last year because that's what happened. But Durant up and leaving that team with Kyrie, um, we were all really shocked just by how how much they were staying above water there. But I think a lot the a lot of the you know ways they were able to still sneak their way into the playoffs is just because of the, of the solid record they had prior to those two stars leaving. So I, I think if they're just going to be you know floating. This year, without that, you know, background of a great record, it's it's not going to be enough to get them out of the uh, the Wilson Lawrence tank or tank adjacent zone. I they're just not very deep at all. Yeah, it, they're an interesting team because I feel like they they pretty much stood pat with the crew that they wanted. Um, I think like the, their their big changes were bringing in uh, fan favorites, uh, Lonnie Walker and. I, I know a, a New York legend, Dennis Smith Jr., um, oh, yeah. just coming in and, and playing in, in Brooklyn. Um, people, I, I feel like Bill Simmons is getting so hung up with when he talks about the Nets. Is like, is, is Mikhail Bridges like really the guy that you want at the end of the Jumbotron that like hypes everybody up? And like, I, <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I don't know. Like, I, I will admit, like, they weren't like great to, to close out the year last year, but I still feel like they are pretty fun. And they they still have a, a good amount of players. In, it's a foundational piece. Like I think, like obviously Bridges, it feels like he's really coming into his own. We're gonna see if this was like a hot start for him or if this is something legit. Um, I think we all still like Cam Johnson too. I think. Yeah. I mean, the big question is: Is Ben Simmons an NBA player? Does he does he want to play? I think that's the only thing that that's really putting me moving this team from like play in hopeful Blake Griffin Pistons level or into the, the tank group. Yeah. That's an interesting storyline coming into the season. Cause it's like, I feel like this is the first time in maybe like three or four years, there's actually genuine optimism instead of pessimism about Ben Simmons. And it's like, he is playing in the preseason. Like he's looked okay. He's done some good things. And if he's able to be like a third of the player he was and just like help the team a little bit, I think he will be able to kind of push them into maybe not the bottom tier, but the next tier. Uh, but I think the real question is how much is Patrick Gardner going to be able to help this team at the center position? I know. <laughs> we know he's going to be a valuable piece uh, moving forward and coming out of like a great college like Marist. It's going to be interesting to see how he has a Our guy. It, it'll be really cool to see because, I mean, you know, Ben Simmons running the point um, – we really haven't seen him with a center like Patrick Gardner before. And I, I think like seeing that all come together on the court is going to be something really special, at least for me. Yeah. So where do we all land officially on our, on our uh, tier list? I'm going Blake Griffin Pistons. I think they're, I think they're like a 10 seed. 
John. I'm gonna put them in with the uh with the tankers. I think they're gonna be true. You know, vying for that Zach or or Trevor pick. I just think there's too many other teams in the East that are gonna be um you know a little bit more a little bit a little bit more mid than they are. But I do I really quickly though, I don't think I think that's that's incorrect about Mikhail. I think he is like actually that guy. I just think he's like not enough to get them out of there. I get the tie breaking vote here and you know what? I'm gonna kinda declare it. Um, right now, live on the pod, that I am in on Ben Simmons this year. I think he's gonna have wow a solid year, not like very good, but I think he's gonna be like a okay player, uh, for the Nets. I'm taking that position, and I think that's gonna get them into that Blake Griffin Pistons tier. Playing, you're Let's okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, any any strong thoughts on that? Do you think we can expect much out of Ben this year? Not even much, just like average. Yeah, I think Ben Simmons yeah. is going to really, really hope that no one expects anything from him. And that's where we're going to see the best Ben and Simmons. And that's why it's so good he plays for the Nets, because no one cares about them. They don't have any fans. We can get in that stadium for like five bucks. And he's going to play. He's going to average like 10 points, eight assists, seven rebounds, and like eight turnovers and miss 18 free throws a game. But it's going to be interesting, at least. And I think it's going to be <laughs> enough of a positive impact on the defensive side of the ball and uh, passing that he's gonna just at least help the team a little bit. What's crazy is we are like heavily invested in the Brooklyn Nets because we are going on what would be our fourth year in a row of the Brooklyn Nets play a random team that we like. So let's really monitor this. We'll we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast with like our uh our that should be that's a fun final, category. Yeah, our yeah. final prediction is who are we gonna see play the Nets this year? <laughs> who are we seeing the Brooklyn Oh that'll be fun. Um that's like an elite pass territory. Yeah. Speaking speaking of fun um, I'm picking the team that I hold really close to my heart as my league pass team, the Orlando Magic. Um, how are you guys feeling about them this year? Because I definitely have thoughts. Yeah, for for me, I mean, it's very. I mean, it's not like much more optimistic than I was last year. It's no secret how much I love Pal and I love Franz and I kind of love uh what they're building over there. But for me personally, I I felt like there was a lot of options for them to go uh, in the draft this year, um, and you know it's going to be interesting to kind of see how it works out uh, with Anthony Black and Jed Howard. But I don't think they're going to be the most fun people to watch in terms of like league passability with those two. Um, but you know, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, they still have a bunch of guys. Wendell Carter, uh, I still think they're going to be like solid, but I don't know if they're any more interesting to me this year than they were last year. Steve, you no, forgot a key, a key piece. One of our, one of our favorite running bits in this pod is just where is our is our Google search? Where is Jonathan Isaac? That's we true. know exactly where he is this year. He was right and smiling on media day. I think uh, I think this team is like last year's OKC. I don't think they're like the OKC of the East for this year, but I think they're going to turn some heads and they they feel real play into me. They feel real uh, Blake Griffin Pistons. Oh, interesting. See, I'm of the belief, again, like, and I think what you're right, Steve. Anthony Black and, like, what made me like him so much was, like, his, like, defensive ability, which is not, like, the most, like, eye-popping or anything. It's not like he's, like, prime Gary Payton or something out there. But I, it really is just the Franz and Paolo – front court is unreal um it's yeah, and it, it's, it's it'll always be unreal and it's gonna get so but, much better 
it just keeps getting better and better. If Paolo takes like that step this year that it looks like he has the potential to, I mean, he looks really good um, mm-hmm. during the, uh, the, the USA uh, games that he was playing in. Um, I, I think, I think this, he may be in for like a giant step up when again, and he was great last year. Um, I think like the, the core that they put together is really good. Um, Fultz is like really coming to his own as an NBA player. All the highlights I was watching of him in the summer league, he was looking awesome, or in the uh, preseason league rather, he was looking awesome. Um, I'm in on this team. I think they're actually this is the year too early thing. I think kind of similar to Jod's take. I think this is a year too early. I think they're a frisky out. I think they're gonna they're gonna make some wow. top seeder teams wow. sweat a little bit more. I definitely we're all over. Yeah, I definitely love that take. I think one of my biggest issues with them is that they just are that like one big move away. They almost have too many assets and not a, as much like top end talent as much as I love Paolo and even Franz. It's just like their their guard rotation, right? You're looking at Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, uh, Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, uh, Anthony Black, Jet Howard. It's like how many of these guys are even going to be able to play, contribute, play meaningful minutes? There's so many. I like everybody I just named. And you add Jonathan Jonathan Isaac back to that mix with Paolo and Franz uh, in, on the wings. And then uh, they even have, like, who is it, Mo Wagner? Uh, they have one of the Wagners. They have the second Wagner, Fra- Mo Wagner. Yeah, Franz and Mo. They have Mo, yep, that's right. Backing up uh, Wendell Carter. And it's like, I just I want them to make that big move. And if they do, Riley... If they just consolidate some of those assets and just got like, I don't know, like Vucevic, bring him back to Orlando. I don't know. He's they coming just, home. They just need like a one. They need to upgrade one guy, and I think they could get to your level. But I don't have him yet. I'm kind of with John and more of the Blake Griffin tier. But I definitely could see them possibly winning that play and and maybe sneaking it as an eight seed. But I don't have them higher than that just yet. Okay, I'll I'll put him into the the. Blake Griffin Pistons tier for now. I and, I, and again, I, I don't, maybe this is too soon for the the season preview, but I think off that point, Steve, I I, I want to just I'm I'm going to put this out now so we can say that we had it early. Um, the Orlando Magic coach is Jamal Mosley, longtime uh, assistant coach for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and when he left and took the Orlando Magic job, there was a point guard in Dallas who was very upset and made that point known. So that may be a team where if the Dallas Mavericks kind of fall wow. apart this year, big, big maybe it's you package a bunch of those guys in for Luca. Yeah, that's, I mean, that'd be crazy. Uh, but I think that's the type of thing that they need to do. Right. Cause like I said, like just too many guys for too few spots um, at a certain point, like, okay, see, you just have to consolidate your assets and trade them up and turn them into something because almost have too much talent there, um, but not enough high-end talent. So if they made a move like Luca, sure. Uh, but I definitely like your opinion on it. I respect it because I do think it's possible. And I think Paolo is that good. I just don't see it yet. They're, they're my guys. I will – I ride or die with the Orlando Magic. Always will. Um, all right. Let, let's let uh, let's clear one of the more uh, boring teams out of the way here. Um how do you guys feel about the Chicago Bulls going into the oh. NBA season this year? That's a team we would not talk about if we weren't doing this. No way. 
<laughs> we barely talked about them at all last year. I think it's the same thing. Can can anybody tell me something new about their team? How did they update? It? Are they just running things back? I I could not tell you. If you guys play, when we play, who you play for for the Bulls? I'm gonna fail. Yeah, it's I know t- they. I don't know anything they did actually. Well, so here's this. Here's the thing. The year they were really exciting two years ago, they were rocking out with um with Lonzo. So I think a lot of it just depends on his health and that team coming together. But even with that, even if like they're firing all cylinders, Russo's killing it for them. And, you know, uh, DeMarsh, <laughs> Matt Russo is just really <laughs> a, pl- a real playmaker out there. Um, even with that ceiling, I don't even think they're a frisky out. I think they're still a, a Blake Griffin Pistons at best. But I don't think they're going to be that best. I think they're. I think they should, they're going to end up just punting halfway through the year and and firmly place themselves in the tankathon. Yeah, I think I think Zach Levine is finally starting to hit in that territory of like Buddy Heald and John Collins and and those types of players. It's like they just have to trade them. And at this point, I think this year might finally be the year someone finally takes a stab at trading for him because. I don't see any direction for this Pistons team. DeMar DeRozan's only getting older. He's not getting better at this point. And I just mentioned Vucevic for the Magic as, like, kind of a semi-joke, but, like, he's not, like, anything special. And without Lonzo, I just can't see this team making a big move or a big uh, surge this year. Yeah, I all those guys you just listed off, Caruso, uh, Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic, I wouldn't be surprised if all of them – or on different teams by the trade deadline this year. I think like they could all be kind of shipped out and the team starts to kind of bottom out and build around their center, their uh, center of the future, Adama Sadogo. And uh, just like awesome. that, he's awesome. He's not going to be very good in the NBA, but he's still awesome. Um, yeah, no, it, it, there's only a, there's only one, one guy I, I know that was a pretty big surprise. The Chicago Bulls picked up, but, I feel like John, I feel like Steve may be saving it for who we play for, so I'm saving. I'm not gonna not gonna hint it out. But oh no, I, please, I, I'll remember. I'll remember he that. He is on my list for who you play for. I will. Okay. Know you're talking about right. Okay, so I, I'm I'm of the mindset that this team has a chance to be really bad, um, really quickly, and I think they may be looking at the lottery ball numbers by January. So I'm gonna go into the the tanking or tank adjacent tier. That feels right. Yeah, I think they're that bad too. I'm with you. I don't even think they're playing bound anymore. Yeah, no, they're they're tough. Um okay. Let's let's do a, a more fun one here. Um this is a team that I, I know we all really like to talk about, but the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh. Um, again, I, again, I feel like there's a lot of roads that this team could go on. So I'm curious to kind of get the the court of public opinion here. I, as much as I'm trying to hold on to feelings of a bit of a rivalry last year and just kind of, you know, every Father's Day going forward, I do want to make sure that Brunson and Donovan Mitchell get together to celebrate. He absolutely <laughs> daddied him in the playoffs last year. You hold this L Donovan, but there is always still – plenty of time to shoot RJ Barrett into the moon if you want to come and join our team. But you know, even with all those feelings, I kind of I kind of like the little things that the Cavs did this year. It's the little things that the Cavs did. I think their uh, biggest struggles were with shooting. God knows that Struce from time to time, he can't be like an absolute guy on your team to you know move the needle to a championship. But in terms of a shoot uh, 
role player. He's definitely done that in Miami. He can do that. They got him on a good deal. And I really like – I feel like we're a very big Niang pod. So I love <laughs> Niang on this team. And I think if they just want to gamble on uh, Mobley establishing a shot of his own and getting even more dominant, I kind of want to put them into Terry Dietz frisky out territory. But I don't – I mean, I wouldn't even hear arguments for Dodgers. But what do you guys got to say? Yeah, I mean, as a big Donovan fan, I kind of echo your sentiment, John. It's like all signs are pointing to him leaving Cleveland after this year, and he's always welcome in New York as much as uh, he had a great Please. time shitting on him last year in the playoffs. Um, I think he'd be a good fit um, next to Brunson and in the same team as Joel Embiid uh, on the Knicks. So always welcome. But that being said, I was a little disappointed with them last year. They obviously had a great regular season and fizzled out in the playoffs. And honestly, that's kind of how I see them, even though I've probably been the highest on the Cavs uh, the past couple of years than probably anybody out there. Um, I think they're really built for the regular season. They just have such a talented team on that uh, front. When you, But when you have a front court of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, I just don't know if that's the type of team that's successful in the playoffs. I mean, we've seen the Timberwolves get exposed uh, with the bigs just how many times, and then you, you have two guys who can't shoot, like Evan and Jarrett. It's just really, really tough. But, I, I mean, again, I think Donovan and Garland and those two bigs are so good and good enough uh, that they're going to be very good in the regular season. But I just – I see them fizzling out in the postseason again. Um, my biggest question mark is Evan Mobley. I've, again, been super high on him since he joined the league. If he could take a leap and actually become – like a superstar level player, or is he just going to be like a defensive stud who can't really do much on offense? Because if that's the case, then I think the ceiling's low, but if he could actually, you know, make a jump shot and add something to his offensive game and even maybe average like 19 to 20 points a game, I think this team could take a next level, but that's, that's the question for me. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a great point. I We were all very high on Evan Mobley. Um, coming into his draft. And I think I, I I don't think it's out of pocket for me to say that I think we've all been pretty disappointed with how his career has turned out so far. Yeah, even though um, he's been good, it's disappointing. Yeah. Past the rookie. Exactly. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Um that what what I think uh, to your point, Steve, that you just brought up is this is a very good regular season team, but it would almost behold them like not to be that good this year. Because Donovan Mitchell wanting out is like the the worst kept secret. Like I think like everyone knows he's gonna be playing for like New York or a different team next year at least. Um it would it would be much better for them if like it, Garland just like was like hurt for a little while and they were just like, all right, we'll ship off Donovan Mitchell to some like contender team uh, baseball style and uh we'll just kind of see how it goes from there. But um I actually really like that the the moves that they made this um so far. I mean, they got they got Struce in there to help kind of Triple uh, build on Max Struce. Love it. <laughs> yeah, they, they they got a couple. Uh, it, it, Max Struce, you say what you want about him, but he's a guy who's going to create actual depth at your guard rather than like faux depth like Lavert does. Um, and the the other thing is, I mean, again, I really like Amoni Amoni Bates. I think he's a really he has a potential to be a really cool player. Um, I'm kind of still in, in the tier. I, I think uh, with John that I, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year where like it felt like they were like the third best team in the East for most of the time. I think they're in the, the group below that right now. 
Um, and I have him in that Terry Dietz risky out tier. I, I feel like you're not going to want to be seated against them, but it's they're not going to – you're not going to feel like an underdog. It, it's funny. I almost have – like even though the frisky outs are like our third tier, I almost like kind of respect the frisky outs a little bit more than yeah. the, the the Dodgers number two tier, which is uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of what it's meant for though. Um, and that's kind of why I have the Cavs in that frisky outs tier because I don't think they have the expectations of a boring Dodgers early exit. But I think, like you said, I don't think anyone's going to want to mess with Donovan and that team in a playoff series. I have them in that tier as well. Well, seems like we're all aligned there. Um. All right, what about the Detroit Pistons? Oh. Any thoughts on the Detroit Pistons? Honestly, no. Does <laughs> anyone? Like, I'm well, uh, yeah, well, the only thing I, w- I wanted to say is, like, I'm still mad at them for, like, shutting down Cade to take for Wemby and then them not getting Wemby. Like, we just <laughs> wasted a whole another they year of Cade. And it, as, as cool as w- Wemby looks in San Antonio – I really, really wanted him in Detroit. I thought that was the most fun outcome. Um, I don't have a problem with them. I, my thing with them, Steve, is like I'm surprised you're not you're out on them because they just have like a hundred centers and big men, and those that's normally your guys. Yeah, but like all big men, I respect all their big men too much, and since they have so many of them, they're not going to all get to play, and they're not going to all get the respect they deserve. Like I love beef stew. I, I enjoy Jalen Duran. James Wiseman could be fun. Like, I like these guys. Marvin Bagley even. Like, let's let them get to different rosters so they can all play, like, 15 minutes a game. Here, they're not all of them are going to play, and I'm upset about it. It's such a weird roster. It looks like the roster that you get, like, when you're doing, like, a career mode in 2K. You're just like, sure, I'll pack. <laughs> like, none of it makes sense to, like, actually win basketball games. In the same sense, like, the we're talking about the Magic being, like, a year too early. This team's like two or three years too early. They still have so much figuring themselves out to do. But I would, I mean, I'm very excited to like see a healthy Cade. I think Cade's legit. I think what blows me away about him is just how smart he is on the court. He's got such a good basketball IQ and like maybe just letting him just dish it out to the Ivy just to cut and jam it to the basket. It's going to be really fun to see that duo together for the first time. But it's not enough to get me out of the tank zone for them. Yeah. I think it could be the league passers. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I have them at the bottom tier as well. And I, I would say for me, the only other takeaways I have is I think Bogdan, Bo, Bojan Bogdanovic might be the biggest guarantee and lock to, to be traded this year. I think if there's a player to like bet your life savings on that he will not be a piston by the end of the year, that's the guy. I mean, at what, <laughs> what, why is he on that team? Like, what, what about Miles Turner? No, it's not happening. It's, it's Bojan. <laughs> They're going to put a statue of Miles in front of the yeah. Pacers. Miles is never getting traded, actually. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is, I know I've notoriously uh, declared that I was out on the Thompson Twins back when we were doing draft pods. Uh, but if you listen to my summer league takeaways uh, over the summer, you, you would have found out that I've actually be- uh, zagged all the way back and I'm all the way in on the Thompson Twins. On um, both of them. Yeah, and Osor is actually my favorite of the bunch. I think he's going to be awesome. <laughs> I just love – you know what's my favorite part about them is that they're, like, shooting guard small forward wings, but they, like, average, like, 10 rebounds a game. They get blocks and steals. They're just athletic freaks, and maybe they're not going to, like, average 20 points a game, but I don't know. I, I find that those types of players fun and interesting, so I'm all the way in. I think I think they will be fun, again, if the team actually just, like, lets them play. I mean, they – it seems like they, they do kind of care about – 
like winning a little bit more. Um, I know that they ended up uh, like hiring Monty, so um, yeah. he'll be able to hopefully get something good out of out of this team. Um, I I still feel like they're going to be. Well, I'm right with John. I feel like they're still in that tank zone. I I, I don't think they're going to be able to kind of get up and compete with some of these other teams, but. Yeah, Hopefully I, they're I, a little bit more fun this year. I think they're a little more tank adjacent than actually tanking. I just think mm-hmm. they're be good enough to get out of that tier. So yeah, but that's why we have it as tank adjacent because yeah, be, tank, what, tank. they're not going to be, be blown away. Tanking. They're just uh, going to lose. Yeah, wouldn't be blown away if they're like on the fringe of being and playing this year because East is just that weird. Well, that that scenario would be Kane is just like a top five, top ten point guard, and he's just really good. And able to bring them to new heights, which isn't impossible. So I could absolutely see it, but I'm not betting on it. The universe right. that Bishu is like a top one to two center in the league. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's one of the more easy ones, and I'll just get this one out of the way. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they're obviously just a frisky out. I think like <laughs> I, I like a lot of their pieces, but um, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that's all going to kind of come together in the playoffs. <laughs> That's what Bill Simmons says. Yeah. He's just a hater, <laughs> like, I think. Like, like, actually. Yeah, it's like I understand being a little down on them in all reality and, like, underestimating the defense with now adding Dame and losing a couple pieces. But I don't I don't know how you could see their roster and not think they got a lot better. And I guess Bill just, like, kind of doubts their uh, role players and bench guys. But I kind of like some of those guys. And, I mean, he was shitting on the likes of, like, Pat Connaughton, Jay Crowder, or Malik Beasley. The guys aren't that good, but... Uh, they also have, like, Bobby Portis, who's awesome off the bench. And, you know, they have things that are going to work. They're going to trade – like, vet minimum guys are going to go there. I think they'll be yeah. in that front. I think they're going to be really good. Yeah, I think I'm expecting this team to, like, really turn heads in the regular season. It's it's really hard to say what the outlook is. It's because there are the variables like buyout guys. I think they really do need to add up their depth. But depth doesn't come into play quite as much. In the regular season, I think they're going to blow people away just because both Dame and Giannis have never had a teammate like each other. And just in terms of teams being all in, like, this is it. Like, their window feels like it's, like, like this year or next year. They've also, like, kind of even relaxed Giannis a bit. They almost had a star borderline starting to put a foot out the door. The fact that they've got him to just kind of buy fully all the way back in was the best part of that Dame move. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. this team is, he just resigned his contract. He just resigned his three-year contract too. So he he must believe, and he's kind of here for the long haul. I I feel like there's a solid chance that Giannis just goes nuclear this year and just wins MVP. Um, Very good. Chance. That like wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, yeah, I I don't I don't know. Like I, I understand like some of their depth is like a little bit less valid, but I mean like I mean you guys will remember right like. It wasn't like just us. It was like most of like the sports media was talking about this team in like February with like most of the same dudes, and they're like, "Wow, look how deep this team is! Like they yeah. got a lot of pieces." And 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 yeah. now it's just because they they Jimmy Butler became Michael Jordan. We hate like Jay Crowder now. Um, yeah, right. but that's the thing. It's like I think you have to look past that, and that's kind of what I was getting at too. And I don't know. You can agree, Riley. They drafted your boy Andre Jackson. I like him as a depth. Piece. Love him. Uh, no one's going to bring up the name Marjan Beauchamp. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he's a – I think they drafted him a couple years ago. He was yeah, ball- last year, yeah. Yeah, he was balling out in the summer league, and I like him a lot. 
Um, and they're just going to get like a veteran point guard at some point. Like I know that for a fact it's going to happen. And the biggest calling card for me is I think in the past five years, I've been saying Chris Middleton would be the best number three option in the league. He's just not a number two. And guess what? He gets to be a number three. Now he gets to play off the ball. I think people are underestimating him a lot. I'm going to be a big Chris Middleton guy this year. It's going to be fun. What? <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Um, because this is what I've always asked for. I just, I just, didn't think he was good enough to be a two, and I think this is a perfect spot for him. So I think this team's going to be really good. Um, I think they're going to be dominant in the regular season playoffs. Uh, we will see. But Yeah, obvious title favorites. I, I, I don't think anyone's no, – got to be serious now. No one's not saying there's title favorites. <laughs> um, all right. Next team up is – the Atlanta Hawks. I feel like this is going to be another fun team to talk about. I'm I'm curious to see where all you guys land because I've had my feelings on the Hawks um, more positive than negative. I know John is a certified hater, um, <laughs> so I'm very curious to hear. I would like to hear from John first, actually. I'm going to zag a bit. I think this is a – it's really interesting because, yeah, we've kind of gotten to the semantics of our own rankings where – it's a bit of an indictment if you're in the second tier, but I think they could be like second tier Dodgers this year. Because who is the team captain of second uh, second tier Dodgers if it isn't Quinn Snyder? He led the second tier uh, captain Dodgers of the West, the Utah Jazz, for years. But I think there is just too much talent on this team for them not to like eventually figure it out. It's like, well, maybe like the way everyone's always like, well. Zion can't get hurt like one year, right? Like they're just they're just bound to kind of get it together eventually. I think I think Trey does want to like win enough that he can learn like another year with DeJounte to figure out how to make that flow a little bit better. So I think all look looking in at the rest of the rest of the East, they they might be able to like win a playoff series. They were really exciting last they were like the frisky team, you know, last year kind of against the, the Celtics, kind of pushing that to six. They might be able to break out of that first first series. Yeah, I I don't necessarily come in and agree with Bill Simmons very often, but I'm very lockstep in him, uh, with him about the Atlanta Hawks. I'm, like, all the way in. Not in terms of they're going to win a title, but I think they're going to be really, really good this year. Yeah, um, me too. And I, I, I kind of, you know, John brought it up with the Quinn Snyder stuff, and how he uh, led a team in Utah that, you know, had good regular seasons, but eventually fizzled out and was boring in the playoffs and was very L.A. Dodgers-esque. But I don't necessarily think that was on Quinn. I think that's on guys like Rudy Gobert and people who are on that team. And we've not seen any of those players. As much as I love Donovan, he hasn't been able to succeed in the playoffs either. I think uh, that was more that group of players than it was Quinn. I think Quinn's a really, really good coach. Uh, we saw it last year. Riley saw it firsthand with the Hawks against the Celtics. It wasn't a joke. Like, there was a legitimate chance the Hawks came away and won that series at a certain I point. was really worried. Yeah, like, it was very close. I think it was game six. They were winning. And if yeah. it got seven, I think the Hawks were winning that series. Uh, the Celtics are obviously very talented. were able to pull it out. But I just – I really believe in Quinn and what he's able to build. And I think Trey – is a smart enough player. He could be an idiot sometimes, but I think he's going to buy in uh, to this system. I love DeJounte. I kind of love the talent they have. 
Their ability to make a move as well is there. They could trade some picks and some young assets. I like Sadiq Bey a lot. I like their wings with Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter. I like that they finally gave up on John Collins. I think that bodes well, too. Uh, it is. They have, don't have an unhappy John Collins there. Um, so I have them as like that frisky. Uh, I respect them more. So in my tier three, um, but I really, really think they're going to be dangerous this year. Yeah, I I have them in the LA Dodgers tier because I, I think like they're just not I in the sense that they're not like a frisky out because I feel like people are going to be people are expecting them to be tough. Like they they have like some of the best depth pieces I think in. At the NBA, like they're they're great. Like I, I love Okongwu. I I love Sadiq Bay, obviously. Been a Sadiq Bay guy for a long time. Um <laughs> and, and and again, I, I feel like their backcourt is still one of like the five five or seven best with DeJounte and, and Trey. Um it, this is really about if Trey's gonna end up being a leader or not. And I I feel good about him seeing Quinn Snyder here for a full year to implement his system. Um, hopefully he's able to kind of take control and, and do this. I, I, I'm I'm gonna put them in the LA Dodgers tier because I, I feel like there there are names on the jerseys now. That people aren't gonna be surprised if they start taking control. I don't think they're in that title favorites tier yet, but I think they're in that group lagging behind. Yeah, I mean I I you both had them up there. I kind of I guess um yeah, you guys are right. I actually I believe I have that same sentiment about the Hawks. I guess I kind of just misconstrued it a little bit. Um, I definitely have them as that good. And, you know, I, I maybe perceive people as underestimating them a little bit, but I think you're right, Riley. I think people know they're here and with Quinn leading the helm, I'm fine with them being tier two because I just think they're that good. Cool. They're going to defend a lot better this year. All right. I Let, let me do another team that I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about because we've talked about a ad nauseum. But uh, the Boston Celtics, like, they're obviously, like, a title favorite. I think they're kind of going all in on the next two years or so. Um, We've talked to Boston Celtics to death on this podcast. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else interesting to say. But, no, I mean, they're clear title favorites. They just have to stay healthy. Porzingis has to be healthy. Um, Drew, uh, Drew Holiday will fit right in. Jalen Brown just needs to learn how to dribble with their left hand, and they could win the whole damn thing. There's not really much else to say at this point. We hit everything on the pod um, talking about the Drew Holiday trade. So if you want to hear more Celtics, you can go listen to that. But that's pretty much all I have. All, all I have to say that might be new is I have a lot more feelings and thoughts about them since we last recorded. Oh, okay. I just think they're going to be phenomenal. I'm a little bit more impressed with them, I think. Some late night preseason ball turned me a little bit more into the favor of KP. Excited for them. Excited for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm watching. I, Missoula just uh, is the only thing that'll hold me back from just being like super confident. I just can't be with him as their coach. I'm watching like Porzingis highlights, and I'm like, oh, okay, I finally get it, you guys. Like, he's awesome. He's so cool. <laughs> Until he hurts his, his uh, plantar fasciitis. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I, I, I this is all be... the thing. If if he can play sixty games, I'm in. Um, okay, let's do talk about the Indiana Pacers. Um, I feel like they're another 
weird team that I'm interested to in hearing some real hoop fiends thoughts on. So, what do you guys think? What's up, Steve? Talk about the yeah, person. I think you like. I feel like you like them a lot. I like the Pacers, dude. I really do. They got a lot of year guys. I feel I, like I love Tyrese. Um, I think bringing in Obi Toppin is going to be a lot of fun for that team. I think he's going to per- uh, fit perfectly alongside Tyrese and his lob capabilities. You're going to see so many alley-oop highlights from Obi Toppin and uh, Tyrese Halliburton. It's going to be awesome. And I think he kind of fits as a four next to Miles Turner as well. They could both space the floor. They could both play uh, – they could both rebound. And, you know, Obi doesn't play great defense. But I think Miles can kind of make up for that on the back end as a league leader in blocks. And I love um, Matherin. Everybody kind of knows that. Buddy Heald is the longest-running gag on this podcast, but he's going to be coming off the bench for them. I think he's going to be good. I just like the group of guys they got. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be the only one, you know, saying this, but it's crazy. It's I really want to say frisky outs. I'm not going to get to that point, but they're definitely playing bound for me. Yeah, I I mean, I think you're bearing the lead here that they're – their big off-season free agent signing was Huge. our guy Bruce Brown. Oh, of course, too. Yeah, can't forget about him. Um, big friend which, of the Again, one of the the better rotation players um, in the league. He's exactly just like a what you're looking for when you're trying to get better, too. A hundred percent, and he's a veteran presence in a locker room with a lot of really young but flashy talent, and I feel like that's going to be something for them that's going to help ground them. Especially they still have the voice of Rick Carlisle in there. It, it seems like a team that is now trying to firmly establish a winning culture, which is not something we thought about with the Indiana Pacers in a very long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think Halliburton took a huge step up last year. Yeah. And he, I, he made the all-star team and ended up shutting him down for a little while. But I think this could be another year for him with a couple more pieces in place. Um yeah, I would I think they're for me like magic adjacent where it's like they have like a bunch of like pretty good a- assets and not like a bunch of like really good assets to me. Um and, and again, it, it's mostly just because they're still young. I think they're still trying to figure it out. But um yeah, I, I'm with you. I have them in that that play in Blake Griffin Pistons tier with the potential to get frisky. I really think they could get frisky. Oh, I want to do it so bad. My hands on the trigger. I want to. I, I, they're kind of reminding me of like what that twenty-one Hawks team was like, right? Couldn't Halliburton kind of be like Trey and just get hot? But it's hard to make that comparison because he's everything that like we want Trey Young to be. He's a facilitator. He's a smart player. He's a great in the locker room. But I think they almost the Pacers are like a play, need just more scoring. They need a little bit more of like a sexy. All star scorer, so, but I think they're gonna be a really fun league path team. I think they're gonna be really complete, really fun to watch. But yeah, they are just missing one more super exciting guy to launch them into that next zone. But I do like them and where they're going a lot. I think um, the pendulum may even swing back to Halliburton and that Halliburton and um, that Sacramento Pacers trade. So, but yeah, this is even for us three across the board. They're they're still in Blake Griffin Pistons yeah, range. I, ha- I have them like tip top of that. I think they, I think they'll probably be like a seven seed in the East, and you know, probably I think ha- we'll have a chance to win that. And it's like you have a, you have a guy like Tyrese, but you also have my favorite backup point guard, T.J. McConnell, backing him up. It's him and Tyus Jones. I love those guys so much. Um, and 
Aaron Neesmith, Jairus Walker was their first round pick. They have the they got Shibway. Do they have Shibway? No way. Yeah, they have Shibway. Oh, this yeah. is no, great. I love this no team. way Shibway. I love everything about this team. They might be a league pass team for me. I'm gonna be so I'm gonna enjoy watching them. They definitely are for me. Indiana Pacers, Orlando Magic, must see TV. Yes. <laughs> Wait until they play. <laughs> we we should go to that game. Throw out the record books. Yeah, we're There's, going to Orlando. Their stadium does look sick in Indiana. Hell yeah. Um. All right. I'm gonna d- basically just abstain myself from this conversation. I feel like, but um, what talk about the Miami Heat coming up next? <laughs> I. I I don't I really don't think any conversation piece I have is going to be organic, so I'll save my final vote to the end. But I'll let you guys talk. Yeah, I mean, I could obviously lead off and talk about my Heat. Uh, they lost a lot of their you know role players uh, from last year, losing guys like Struess and Vincent. Um, that matters, and I feel like they were really set up and wanted to make a move for Dame, and obviously things didn't work out. Um. But, you know, they're worse than last year. I don't think there's any secrets about that. They didn't really improve. Uh, but it's the, it's the heat. You just can't count them out under any circumstance. Um, they're the literal definition of frisky outs to me just because they're the heat. Um, and last year they were frisky out all the way to the NBA finals. They were literally so frisky nobody could actually get them out. Um, and that's just the way I see them. I don't think they're, like, uh, world beaters. I don't think they're super talented. But I think when it matters, Jimmy Butler and Bam are going to be there. And you just can't count them out. I, so you're you're locking them at three as frisky. Yeah. It's interesting that you that's almost like giving them like more credit for calling them frisky. I think they're just again like lords of being boring. I think that well, that's just your guys' opinion. You always feel that about the heat. You're just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have like Chat GBT just like do like a whole script of our uh, of all of our heat talk. But being, I guess like what you're saying to me is is boring because we just expect it at this point in the year. And like again, I'm such a hypocrite. I've been caught in public, you know, without you know consent of you know your guys' knowledge <laughs> of of me. Where calling, is the sentence going? <laughs> calling calling Jimmy Butler, you know, my favorite player to to love to hate. He is one of the best things about this league. He's Without that, one of my favorite players, but can't tell too many people that. Um, but again, they're just not gonna. I think be they can't launch into title contending a lot. Of things. I think when I was looking at the East, there's I think there's only two title contenders in the East. I'll spoil the rest of my takes for this conference now. But they got they got worse. I think I can always you know count them to win a playoff series or two. I so I, I think they're. Right there is like the fourth best team, fourth or fifth best team in this in this conference. See them in the LA Dodgers here. Yeah, LA Dodgers. All right. So I think speaking to Steve's point here is as great as Jimmy Butler like really was in the playoffs and Joey Royer, he was absolutely incredible, but but what was he really able to get them over that hump and you know kind of t- uh, take that step into the NBA Finals last year, all kind of came from a lot of their bench guys to help close out New York and then uh, beat Boston in seven. It was Spruce, it was Caleb Martin, and it was Gabe Vincent. Um, Spruce, we already mentioned, is now gone, and Gabe Vincent is now gone. And they've gotten undeniably worse as a team together. Um, you can 
literally never count them out because of this magic nonsense that we call heat culture and <laughs> it frustrates me to word. no end so i'm i'm putting them in the terry deets tier. they're the definition of frisky out i'm with steve i i think again like you're gonna be absolutely horrified whenever they you play the miami heat i, I will hate every moment of it but you can't tell me like at all that this is a team that is tied together and has a cohesive structure like it feels like Atlanta has the potential to or that Philly does at the exact moment. Yeah, I think, in the, I honestly think, John, game. you're giving them way more respect than even I could have expected out of you. You're just saying they're that good. But you have to remember, they were what? what were they an eight seed last year and barely made the playoffs? So it's like, yeah, they frisky uh, – they Terry Dietz their way all the way to the end, uh, but they were really not that special. They're really not that good. But they're just they're just gonna be so hard to get out. They always are. I think I'm just hungover from last year's postseason. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I expect them to be there at the end. I think just like, like organizationally, I just kind of trust Bo and him being able to kind of like dig up like a Hame Hakez into being one of these other guys. Like, well, they... that's actually that's what I was gonna say before we left it. It's like they lost Struce, they lost Vincent, uh, but you guys have like you you just brought up uh, Hakez yourself. Haywood Highsmith, we all remember him. He's, we're going to be saying Haywood his Highwood. name just as many times. Uh, there's other guys, Jamal Kane. I'm, I'm a big fan. Can't wait to be saying his name. You guys are going to be uh, really annoyed by him by the end of the year. And even Josh Richardson, dude. We already said this at some point during the offseason, but he's going to bring back his old Miami Heat ways now that he's back. And there's going to be players like that, and they're going to figure it out. It's going to be so I keep forgetting he's still there. <laughs> it's insane. We'll um, see. I can't wait for another heat debate later in this year. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> I can't. Right. I can't wait till we do our first check-in two weeks from now because it's usually like the world's on fire. Yeah. How are they this yeah. good? Or it's like we were right. Look at them. So it's over. <laughs> it's all over. Um, all right. We're almost. We're almost done. East. Almost there. We're almost there. Uh, let's talk about everyone's favorite team, the Wizards. Can we get Josh Hindle in here to talk a little bit more about? I saw Denny. Denny got a, a re-signed contract. Josh was so happy he posted about it on his Instagram story. He was very excited about that, but we can't have him on the pod right now because he's so upset he lost you in fancy football. You went to bed. <laughs> um, this team is horrible. Yeah, there's really not much to it. I mean, Jordan Poole is gonna be like averaging 30 points per game on like 40 shots it's gonna be ugly to watch and you know i'm really not interested in it at all and like, this is another team we wouldn't talk about at all if we weren't doing this so i don't see like yeah. a reason to say much they're tank adjacent like it's pretty pretty clear. yeah but, but no what's weird is they're gonna like not tank like they they're too they got too many shooters to tank like they suck too much to tank like they, they got don't... shooters they're the they're the Washington Midzards. They've been mid our our literal whole lives, you know. They're, they might find themselves into a playing tournament, no? I don't I don't see it myself. I don't think so. I Not think Jordan Poole Jordan Poole couldn't even like handle being a sixth man. How is he gonna handle being the number one option? Like I said, he's gonna score a lot of points, but it's not it's not gonna be pretty. I think he's gonna lose them so many games alone. He's already getting into fights with his teammates. <laughs> Has he already? He's- he was making fun of De- – he was roasting Denny on the bench uh, last – like earlier this week. So um, badly that the organization's like, you know what, let's just pay the man. I am excited yeah. for Bilal. That's all I'll say. I'm excited to see what he can do. 
And Tyus Jones. We like Tyus Jones. We like Shane. I don't know. Let's, I'm just saying, don't be surprised if they're like in games. <laughs> John's, John's saying. Joe House. He literally is Joe House. <laughs> John's going, Daniel Gafford was a problem. <laughs> he was. He used to beat up on my necks like three, four years ago. What did you used to call him? Do you remember what you used to call him? Oh, we had a nickname for him. Yeah, I forgot what it was. You called him a hoop a hole. <laughs> Gaff fart. Gaff fart. I'll, I'll, my vote is for for Pistons, but it's, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. Get out of here. You're literally Joe Housing us. <laughs> dude, there's no way Jordan Poole is getting into the playoffs, dude. Kuzma. <laughs> I, I, I think just, you're. I think you're doing a disservice to the Pacers and Magic by saying that you want the Washington Wizards anywhere near them. Also, as much I started to do it, we first were talking about all the teams in the East, but then I just got carried away, and I've been paying as much attention. But I was keeping track of where we were putting each team. But I was like, you know what, someone else is probably doing it. But I, I, I would, <laughs> but I wish I was doing it. So like, I probably have too many Detroit Pistons teams and not enough tanking teams. They're probably going to get outbeats, end up tanking as well, but I don't know. I just... I've, I've, I haven't been proven wrong with the Wizards. <laughs> this is just their whole... Like, this is their whole uh, history is being All made. right, John, I'm just going to take a page out of Ryan Rossell's book and just go, John, they're bad. They're really bad. <laughs> they're really bad, John. They are. They're, they are horrible. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Their, their games are truly going to end like 140 to 138. <laughs> We'll we'll see. We'll, I think me and Riley elbow you here, but I love your confidence. And I'm excited to see if you're. Right, it's not confidence. They're not a good team by any means, but they might not be the very worst. All right, this is gonna be it. This is this is the first hoop homework assignment. Okay, by our check in next uh, next check in, please watch five Washington Wizards games <laughs> and tell us what you like about them. <laughs> No, I don't like anything about them, really. They, they just they just got shooters. Corey Kisper. <laughs> Corey Kisper right. doesn't shoot. <laughs> he should be though. This is literally the point. exact conversation Bill and Brian had. I don't know why I'm getting like angry. <laughs> uh, right. I just see, I just see I just see names. I oh all right. Oh, no, oh never mind. <laughs> so now you have to say it. I we you can dig up the footage, run some AI on this. I was pissed when uh when the Grizzlies gave up Tyus Jones. What if he's just like really nice in the starting point guard position? Jordan Poole like punched him in the face. Oh, the fight was between them. No, but he'll fight him too. <laughs> maybe he maybe he needed a change of scenery. I'm just telling you, like <laughs> two weeks in, they're gonna be like, what? How are they the fourth seed? But then they're gonna slip. <laughs> It could be like All right, I, I, I can't. That's the most I'll say. <laughs> it's okay. Put them in as the tankers, which they, we they, have to they disagree about some things. It's more fun that way. But this was a crazy one. I must move on. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much else to get to. <laughs> All right. Um. What the Charlotte Hornets? What do you guys want to say about that? They're like in like a another tier that's just like overall trash fire. Now that team sucks. If you if you listen to. Steve's summer league madness, you would come away with the take that the Hornets literally looked like the single worst team I've ever seen assembled. 
Uh, all their young guys just don't know what they're doing, and it looked awful. Absolutely yeah. awful. And I think it'll be a little bit different with LaMelo actually running things and being in charge. And I think LaMelo is that good that he's going to make it not look like a complete dumpster fire. But I don't think Brandon Miller is going to work right away. Uh, no. I just, I just really don't like what they got going on there. I like Mark Williams. We always liked him at Duke, Riley. But that's about yep. it. Yeah. It's filled it's filled top to bottom with guys that are not professional basketball players. Yeah, again, they got they their big offseason acquisition was Miles Bridges getting him back. Um I don't really know what that's gonna be able to do sure for he's them. Great for the locker room. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I I wonder if James Booknight will play a game this year. I think the jury's out on that one. We'll see you there. Um yeah, I don't know. I feel like they still got guys like Hayward and, and Terry who may just kind of come together as a as a trade piece at some point. Um, I'll always love Lamelo. I'll still check in on him every once in a while, but I, I, I can't bear myself to watch this team. I, I think they're probably going to have – they're in the running for a worse record in the NBA, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I have them at tanking for sure. And that's another team I don't think is going to purposely be tanking. They're just not going to be able to win games. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. I think we waited long enough here. Um, the New York Knickerbockers. Woo-hoo-hoo. I'm 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 gonna defer. I'll turn my mic off. You guys go. Yeah, we're the same. We're the same team, right? We, we, nothing too much. we brought in Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, we're gonna have a full year of Josh Hart. Uh, I think the chemistry and vibes are gonna be off the charts. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, the only thing that could hold us back is you know that zigzag zigzag of Julius Randle, good and bad years. But me personally, I know I'm in a minority here of Knicks fans. I think Jalen Brunson was really, really good for him, and I think he brings the best out of him. I think Julius was really banged up and showed some New York yeah. played through an injury in the playoffs last year and only got shit on for it. Um, but I think he's going to be awesome, and I think this Knicks team is going to be very, very good. Um, unfortunately, we're in a conference where the Hawk, I mean the Celtics and the Bucks got exponentially better, and we really didn't get that much better. Uh, but I really like the Knicks this year. I think they'll be very awesome in the regular season and not somebody you want to mess with in the playoffs. Yeah, my uh, my water cooler conversation to you know everyone in the office knows I'm a Hoops fan has been this statement, and it rings true. I think we're a great team. We're just one unhappy NBA prima donna away from, uh, from jumping into that title contender zone. I don't know if you'd call us a Dodgers team, at this point, because we're still not used to having like consistent success and like falling right before getting to the finals, I think I think if we made like a conference finals this year, I would like 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 celebrate, and, like run up and down my block. That would feel. I feel like, but our expectations are to win a playoff series. If we don't w- win a playoff series, we like regress, and it'll feel a little frustrating just to make a second one and continue to not advance. So I think we're right in that zone. We're like we'll be the f- number four to six seed in our conference, but I'm not sure where that exactly places us based on our standings. I'm excited for this year. I want to see our guys get better. I think Brunson's all going to get better and better, but um, yeah, I don't even know quite, quite where to place us. Yeah. I think quickly is going to be, have an awesome year as well. He's like my big Knicks buy in. Um, they, the Knicks didn't come to an extension with him uh, before the year. So he's going to be playing for a contract. I think he's going to be extra motivated and Riley agree. John, you agree. I think I just really love the way he plays. He's an awesome sixth man. I think he could win sixth man of the year. I think he deserved to win it last year. Um, and he's kind of exactly what we need off the bench. I really, really buy into the Knicks. 
Um, and, you know, I, I dismiss his playoff troubles last year. I think he's going to be a big part of what we do. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to be um, – I think they're right in that tier of the L.A. Dodgers. I, I think they're the last team in there before the Frisky outs. Um, I, I don't think – I think everyone really believes in them now. I think they they have pedigree and a culture that they've built. I think everyone loves Brunson, really buys into him. I would be surprised if they weren't a top uh, five or four team in, in the league. Um, I think they're L.A. Dodgers tier. I think they're going to be hosting playoff games and really helping to drive it home, really trying to take it at send Donovan Mitchell home one last time. So I have them on the L.A. Dodgers tier. Maybe yeah. I'm just way too high. No, I, I, I have them no. at the bottom of that tier as well. I think that kind of fits them perfectly. And you mentioned it, like, the expectations are there this year. It's not like people actually don't expect anything. But when it comes down to it, I don't see us getting out of the second round. It's going to just be, well, we can't beat the Bucks or something. So that's what it is. And then you are the LA Dodgers. There you go. Exactly. I'm Wonderful. kind of thrilled with that, though. Yeah, <laughs> it I'm makes okay me happy. I'm really okay with that. Don't get me wrong. No, but... There's nothing wrong with being the LA Dodgers well, sometimes. Well, what we what we need is if we stay the LA Dodgers – and then if the Sixers become Trevor Lawrence <laughs> tank adjacent, <laughs> we then become title contenders. There's some math there. Yeah, we need a piece of paper to help to help discuss that. But that's called who fiends math. Yeah. All right. So I didn't mention it uh, before the pod uh, started, but we're actually breaking the season preview down into three parts. Wait, we have one more team. Oh wait, <laughs> who, do we, who do we forget in the East? The Toronto Raptors. <laughs> oh, perfect. All right. Was that perfect? So let's. All right, we're done with the East. Uh, we'll catch you now. <laughs> we'll we'll do them. All right. They I stick. think they're they're boring. Yeah. I think, but but they're going to make the play in. I actually going to be right there with the Wizards. I actually don't know if I have them in in the play in territory. I actually have them in tanking, and I just think they're that bad. Personally, I think we're going to. Wow. Stick. Yeah, I guess I I'm going out on a limb here, but. I think Pascal's getting traded. I think we're finally going to see OG get traded. Um, I think, you know, I just don't think – I think that's it for them. I think losing Fred Van Fleet is going to be a bigger deal than people realize. I'm still out on Scotty Barnes. I don't think he's that good uh, personally. So I'm all the way out on the Raptors. I think it's it. I think we're done with this current regime. I think it's over. You think it's Toronto over? Toronto over, yep. I don't. I don't hate that. Uh, I'll give you a dollar if you can name me who their head coach is. Well, that that actually I don't know, so I don't know, so you, I don't get the dollar. But I actually think Nick Nurse is a really good coach too, and losing him is going to matter. I uh, we're saving we're saving the Raptors head coach for who we play for then. Oh, I'm sorry, I just looked it up. <laughs> I couldn't give it to you, John, because I don't know either. I was so curious. It's Darko Rakikovich. Where did he come from? Mars. Europe. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, Riley, you might have had them in tanking, but I am like, or you might have had them play inbound, but I'm like, I'm all the way out. I think they're going to be blowing up. I think they're, I don't, I think they're Zach Wilson. They're not even going to get Trevor Lawrence. You think they're just going <laughs> to not tank and they're just going to be bad? Yes. And then just I can see it. Away. I think this is a, a big thing depends on how, uh, Siakam ends up uh, leading this team, or if he ends up just being dealt at the deadline, I, I still feel like they have a, a couple 
uh, decent pieces together. I, I like Pirtle. I I still love Scotty Barnes. They got Precious, and they have OG. That they're definitely Kroger. tied down with OG. Yeah, I, I like their team. I I, I really do. Um, I yeah, can't I, I see mean, Dennis Schroeder leading a team to the play, and I know he just like won the Olympics, but that was his NBA championship. I can't see him actually leading a true, real NBA team to like a good record. We've seen him try and fail multiple times. All right, John, you're the tiebreaker here. No, they're not. They're going to be up there with the Wizards. They're going to be uh, up there. Stop comparing things to the Wizards. They're going to be uh, Pistons. That's my gut. I don't know. know, Again, I I feel like I'm uh, just clinging to the past. But if we're going by the past, we've been begging this team to just blow it up for years, and they kind of refuse to. I think that refusal to blow it up, if they do that, which I think – I think they'll continue to keep this uh, roster pretty tight because I just don't think they'll, they're going to be able to find a home for these guys. It's like John Collins in his prime of not getting traded. No one wants OG and Anobi. I don't know where uh, where uh, Siakam's going to go. And I think Grady Dick is going to be pretty good. So I think they're going to be right in there in the playing tournament. Yeah, I'm giving Masai right. Ujiri a little too much respect. I'm hoping he's smart enough to blow it up, but we'll see. All right, so they're right at the bottom of the, the yeah. Blake Griffin pit team then. But all right, all right there we go. Yeah, now I can say that. Now we're actually done. Yeah. Um, I told you guys we're going to be – I didn't say this, but I told you guys we're going to be breaking into two parts. We're going to break into three parts. We're going to do part one, Eastern Conference, part two, Western Conference, and part three, some little bonus action and bonus content. Uh, so for now, that will do it for part one. You can follow us on at Pod and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get all of our content and listen to part two. So for now, we'll catch you guys in like two minutes. Another episode of your favorite show.